0: This episode is sponsored by Free Market Kids.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to part two of my conversation with Lindsay.
0: Why Bitcoin is
1: a superior asset. Do they generally accept that bridge from inflation to Bitcoin? Or do they have, is there a common question that comes up after you share that analogy about the grocery store owner versus the grocery worker? Yeah,
0: that usually is kind of, that kind of directs the conversation into a, a conversation about broader economics. Um, there's usually a question, you know, because it's everybody's you know, foundational teaching that you learn in school that, you know, inflation is necessary for an economy to, to run. You know, deflation is, you know, you're going to have the great depression all over again. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of misconceptions in that model, but it's, it's ingrained in almost everyone, especially if you live in the West. So then, I don't know, we tend to, Tend to do a little history of money, um, and like kind of attributes of what makes one money, what makes something a good money, and what makes something a bad money, and you know why why gold is money and why you know notebooks aren't. You know the 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 path to to breaching the topic of Bitcoin specifically with this analogy is is usually not something I would even necessarily do in the same day if I'm just kind of casually introducing someone to this world. It's you know it has to be a slow process, and if if someone feels like you're pushing something they're going to back off and they're going to back off hard. And that's something you have to be aware of. It's like, you, you have to meet people where they are. Yeah, that is so true.
1: So I'm just curious again, when you, when you went down the rabbit hole and you're getting excited and you're starting to talk about it, how, what was the reaction from the people who are closest to you? A lot of skepticism
0: um, and a lot of kind of concern that I was, you know, being scammed or gambling or, you know, something like that after, I don't know, it was pretty clear to most people close to me that I was spending an enormous amount of time in this space. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm a bookworm anyway, but I, I was really, really spending a lot of time researching and reading about this. And I think there came a, there came a point where they realized that, you know, no, this isn't, this isn't gambling. This isn't, you know, just some, you know, involved in a bubble or something like that. I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty thoughtful person. And, uh, I think, those closest to me kind of recognized that and were like, all right, you know, this is, you know, not something that they personally might want to get involved in, but it was something that they could respect. And uh, they kind of, they kind of learned that if you bring it up that you're, you're treading on a slippery slope, I might not stop talking. But yeah, after a while they, they came to respect it. And I think that that was, that was kind of an important part of eventually getting some of them to kind of, to follow me and to understand, you know, why, why I'm so interested in why it's so important. It's like they needed that that primer to kind of neutralize the negative associations they might have had with Bitcoin before that, because I mean, you hear on the news, you know it's magic internet money money. It's a bubble. It's you know for hackers and criminals or whatever whatever else they try and uh, attach to the label. And I feel like seeing someone that they knew in person or that they just, you know, someone that they that they knew wasn't involved in any of those nefarious activities kind of neutralize that, that negative association.
1: I think that a really huge tell, like what you were saying before, is if if Bitcoiners will have nothing to gain, keep talking about it with your family and friends, there's something there, right? There's something that we have identify with. So I'm just curious, if we go back in time to 10-year-old Lindsay, and what? how did you... How did you kind of dream about your life that led you to wanting to become a paramedic in the first place? And can you draw some parallel to where your life direction is going now?
0: Oof. Well, as a kid, I I never thought I'd do anything with the medical field. I thought that sounded so incredibly boring. And i uh, I always loved to I always loved to write. I always loved to tell stories and write stories. And when I initially started going to college, right after I graduated high school, I went into Technical writing, which sounds even more boring than than the medical field, but I thought I was going to be a magazine editor. And then it was on the first day of my second year. And I don't know, I was standing in the grocery store and there was, you know, a stand full of of magazines. And it's like I just looked at it. And I mean, a lot of them are tabloids, but I was just, I just had this overwhelming feeling of like, I can't waste my life on something that you barely look at when you're in line waiting at the grocery store. Like, I need to do something. I need something that actually helps people. And so I dropped out of school that day. And I went and talked to a couple people that I, you know, was loosely acquainted with who happened to work on a fire department. And I kind of talked about the best, the best way into, into first responding. And they told me about an EMT class. Um, and I was shortly thereafter signed up and, and well on my way. And after seven years of that, I realized it still wasn't for me, but I don't know that I really had, you know, any any concrete dreams as a kid? I was pretty pretty reserved, pretty quiet, and didn't have a a real goal. I was very much in the moment, and I think honestly, I think that changed like most intensely. I mean, a, a little bit after that college experience and and going into paramedicine. but I feel like the point at which I found Bitcoin was a was a really kind of transformative time in my life. And it's like I feel like I think more about about my time and about you know my future than I ever have before this. And I think Bitcoin kind of has that has that effect after you learn enough about it. When you learn enough about the other people in the world who need it far more than I do and who are, you know, using it as a as a survival mechanism right now. It's like knowing those kinds of stories just kind of changes the changes your outlook on life.
1: Yeah, it sounds like I'm hearing a common thread here, which is that you wanted to do something that mattered, something that was important. Yes, absolutely. I am I am terrified of wasting time. <laughs> That's a great bridge into our next segment. Let's talk about your current project with Bitcoin. Yes. So
0: after I had been fully down the rabbit hole for a little while, I decided I wanted to devote more time to it. I'd already kind of orange pilled some some family, some friends, some in-laws, and I wanted to kind of broaden my broaden my reach a little bit. So I decided to start a class on through Airbnb experiences to teach people about Bitcoin and it's something that anybody could sign up for. And it would be an in-person class kind of was gearing it towards people who were, who were skeptic, who were not tech savvy, who wanted someone to kind of hold their hand and, and help them through the, you know, the the harder parts of it. And that's still a pretty new thing. I do it every couple months and it's, I don't know, it's been so much fun. I kind of walk everyone through, you know, the basics of Bitcoin, the history of money, you know, the petrodollar, you know, basics of you know mining nodes blockchains and we do we do practice transactions at the end and kind of just show everyone like you don't need you don't need to be a tech expert to get this like it's it's you download an app on your phone and it's very very simple and it's it's fun because sometimes you know people will like i'll have a younger not the last time but a few times ago i had a younger guy who brought his parents over and the younger guy was a little bit into it he he definitely knew a lot more about it than his parents and I like to always start off you know like you know what made you come here today and he immediately answered and you know it was more or less what I expected and that but then I neither of them neither of his parents had said anything and so so like so so what about what about you guys what is what is your feeling about bitcoin right now and the woman was just like oh I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole like I'm just here because he said we should come and I was just like, oh, I I completely respect that. You know, Warren Buffett says you shouldn't invest in anything you don't understand, and that I think that's sage advice. Like, hopefully by hopefully by the end of the day, you'll feel like you know enough about it to to make an educated decision. And if you still don't think it's you know worth touching, then then that's your decision, and I totally respect that. So there's there's a lot of those kind of initiations, and then usually by the end of it, though. People are much, much more excited about it and, you know, very interested. And I kind of, I send them, I send them home with some additional information so they can look at, you know, different podcasts and books and whatever their media choice is to, to learn. They have those, those resources pre kind of laid out for them, but it's been, it's been so much fun. I wish I could do it full time. It would be a blast.
1: Sounds like it's a really important experience for a lot of a lot of these people, especially in the more rural areas where they have less access to local Bitcoin meetups where they can go meet people in person. So can you tell us how are you reaching these people to tell them about your Airbnb? Where are you marketing your your offer?
0: So I started initially on meetup, I didn't have a whole lot of a whole lot of attention there and I just kind of posted the Airbnb link there after I decided to go the Airbnb experiences route and unfortunately I'm pretty rural so I still don't get a whole lot of whole lot of reach and it does kind of it does kind of rely on people more or less looking for this um, looking for someone to help them with this and on one hand that's good because it means that everyone who comes to my class is, is pretty open-minded and has maybe you know maybe knows a little something about it but yeah I, I really need to need to look in a, into a way to, to have more outreach. Cause like I said, being meetup and Airbnb are both, are both kind of local services. They really only outreach to people you know, within, you know, say a 50 mile radius or something, or unless you specifically look for that town. Um, and that is a limitation right now, but everyone, everyone who's found me so far has found me through one of those, one of those means. And I've had a couple people where they've, you know, they've made requests for me to, you know, Hey, like I can't, can't make it you know in that month or whatever like you know can you make a special time things like that but uh yeah i need to i need to invest some more some more time into figuring out how to market to a to a broader broader audience but part of the part of the beauty of the class though is that it is in person and i think that's really important to a lot of people especially older less tech savvy people who are my main my main
1: crowd Thanks for joining us today and learning with us today. If the discussion with our guests resonated with you and you would like to dive deeper into the world of Bitcoin, don't miss out on joining the Orange Hatter Women's Reading Club. The meetup link is in the show notes. Also, if there are women in your life whom you think would both enjoy and benefit from learning more about Bitcoin, please share Orange Hatter with them. Until next time, bye!